So, rigged. Uh, yeah, this is 10 to 13, and it begins in Morocco, Casablanca, if I'm not mistaken. Moroccan Roll. Yeah, yeah Moroccan name. Roll is the, the title <laughs> of the first episode. Dusty's here, and he's actually coloured in yellow and green. He's Norwich City colours, That he, he was that, he's a canary, yeah. He was that colouring, for, for, it wasn't a miscolour for this issue individually, it was that sort of colouring for the whole of the run, which is, I think he was like a sort of a, a beigey brown, wasn't he, in the G.I. Yeah, yeah, he was tan, definitely, yeah. in brown. Tan and brown, I suppose... Was it too... I don't know actually why that was. I suppose it might have something to do with the colour palette or even like how it looked on page. Yeah. Or, Lot, lots, I, I don't know. Lots of greens in in use in, in these issues. So what's going yeah, on Alpine. here then? Um, Cheaper, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so they're meeting Farood. Is it Farood? Or Farouk. They're Farouk, meeting Farouk. Yes. I always forget that guy's name. And he is, is kind of like basically going to give them information about Cobra. And he gets... He gets basically, he's kind of telling them we need to go and, you know, talk about this in private. He gets shot in the neck with a, uh, like a dart from one of those blow guns. Oh, the snake charmer. And it's concealed by a a snake charmer. I think that's (laughs) genius. And also a nice little tie into Cobra as well. So he kind of like, they're basically saying, oh, we'll get you some, we'll get you to hospital. And he's like, no, I think I'm going to die because it's got Cobra venom in it. I'm going to tell you all I know now. So Lady J stays with him and like looks after him. And Alpine and Dusty make haste to chase the guy that did it. And then you see this cool little kind of like desert chase, even though the ore striker has had the wheels taken off it it's, and it's, put on it's, bricks. It's one of my favourite bits. It's been put up on bricks and the, the wheels have been taken off. It's like he's in the East End of London or something. <laughs> yeah, it's like he's in Liverpool. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the, so what's transpired here is Farouk's letting on that Cobra and Destro want to take control of the world oil market easy yes let's just do it let's just do that why don't we do that yeah. why are we doing oil. podcasts yeah i don't know <laughs> this this was very this reminded me kind of raiders of the lost arky big time kind of that bit where indy is also in uh he's in casablanca as well i think isn't he yeah and then the whole the streets are kind of drawn in that in that way and the, the you know the guys with the swords, and it's very filmic. It's very filmic stuff. It's all definitely of that time period where it, everything looked the same. You know, it was like, well, we need to do we need to do a street in Morocco, so that way it's going to look exactly the same as everything else that we've seen prior to that. Yeah. Um, but you're right. Yeah, it's definitely got that feel to it, and the horses and everything like yeah. that, which is great. So they capture they capture the guy, yeah. but but. He takes cyanide. Oh, yes, yes, he does, yeah. Kills himself. Great panels here. The guys, they all do. They all take some cyanide pills. They're all keeling over. Hail, Very dramatic. Hail Cobra. Very dramatic falls as well, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, they get back and, well, Lady J catches up with the guys and basically says, this is the this is what's happening. Yep. And the next thing we know is the next, ish, the next issue, which takes us to where the uh, Joes are attacking and or... or being absolutely obliterated by fangs back of the issue on issue 10 i've got an advert for some transformers toys oh sweet i've got rodimus prime and i've got retgar is it one of those cartoony ones it is is it one of the hand drawn drawn it oh they're the they're the worst best aren't they (laughs) yeah like they're really bad but i there's again there's a charm to them like that that there's a there's another one i think it's galvatron or like uh maybe even prime and megatron that's been hand drawn and god it looks awful but i love it so i was pretty much always a transformers fan but i never had any toys i was a transformers fan and i had the toys well i had a good amount of toys and i loved them so much i don't know i think i sold them as well i think they all went in the great exodus of 
the late 90s, early 2000s. So I have one Transformers toy remaining, and it is, you'll know them, say it's one of the aerial bots, not Silverbolt, one of the other ones. Is there one called Air Raid? No, it's Air Raid. And... Might be Air Raid. But the reason I have him is because I had a letter printed in Transformers Weekly. Amazing. Uh, I wrote in basically saying I was a Transformers fan a long time ago. I hadn't read the comics for a long, long time. I think this is when I'm going to say... So that ran for something like 332 weekly issues, I think. Yeah, and massive. I came back to it at around 2... 2.30 maybe yeah and basically wrote a letter saying I haven't read Transformers for a long time I don't know who who anyone is I don't know who you are because it was Dreadwing answering letters in the letters page brilliant and basically he wrote a nice reply and they sent me a Transformer toy in the post that's great so it would have been either Silverbolt Air Raid Fireflight Skydive or Slingshot right yeah yeah I'm going to say Skydive I don't know anyway <laughs> The next part of this is where it's going down now. Oh my goodness! I love oil rigs in cartoon in oh, comics. They're, they're a great. Like, have you? Have you yeah. Do you read the modern comics? Do you read like the Silent Option and stuff like that? I have it, but I haven't read any of it yet. I th- is it a four issue series? Because I've Might got be more than that. I've got number. Four, I've got them all, but I was waiting till the last one came out to read it. However, I am about. I'm going to say. 20 issues behind on Real American Hero. Yeah, you need catching up then. So yeah, so I do, so I've got them all. I've, I'm I, you know I'm I'm looking at them over there in a box, but I don't know what I'm waiting for as well. Why am I waiting? So I yeah, think why, I think get on it. I think <laughs> what I wanted, doing this. Do it now. I think what I wanted to do was <laughs> do this read through with Ben of the Marvel series as a minimum, right? And then whether or not we carry on the pod, I don't know. Oh, you should do. Yeah, totally. We I'll then carry on through the IDW stuff, but that's I'm worried that's going to take me a long time to get to so what i might do is i might just read what's just start reading way 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 ahead now and get through all that idw stuff but do both do them simultaneously but anyway <laughs> you're saying that there's oil rigs in oh, silent option just, I'm, I'm just such a sucker for oil rigs and as well like there was a call of duty campaign that required you i think like modern warfare 2 maybe one of one of the call of duties where you infiltrate an oil rig from below through like you, you exit a submarine and you're with this group of guys and like just this like these little mini subs and then when you get to the oil rig you have to infiltrate it and my god it was like it was like all of my dreams come true. I don't know why I'm so besotted with it, but when I see oil rigs and like the tactical battle platform, my God, I had that as yep. a kid and that's probably, I've just worked it out. There's the therapy session. <laughs> like I've just, it was because of that that I loved oil rigs so much in yeah. military situations. And we've got one right here. We've got fangs, loads of fangs attacking this oil platform. It's so Jeff Senior, isn't it? And the visuals oh, here. It's every panel and I think I've worked it out. There's two things going on here. Number one, Steve White is a massively underrated colourist or he might Agreed. not actually be underrated because he might well be rated but <laughs> the colours here just bring Senior's art, which is amazing, into another league and no one quite draws explosions or weapons firing quite like Jeff Senior. No, because they're all so different. Every explosion is even has different colouring to it. Yeah. Like you look at that the suicide jockey uh comment when he's talking about that fang and like the second panel of maybe the second or third page it's third page yep suicide jockey i'm taking evasive action yeah you've got two explosions by him both of them are completely different yeah. and it's just it's way more dynamic you've got the the flash of from the from the gun of the fang as well which is bright yellow and it's just oh it's just beautiful you're right totally amazing and like you mentioned it's hyper violent stuff i mean there's you know 
There must be a lot of people biting the dust here. Yeah, they've even used Joe Green shirts in this one, haven't they? Yeah. To give us some, I suppose, yeah. good guy death as yeah. well as all the bad guys strung around. <laughs> and then, then we get the twist at the end. Helicopter, a civilian-looking helicopter lands in because the Joes have now taken back control of this oil rig. And uh, who should come out of the helicopter? No, another... Destro! Yeah. And... Uh, <laughs> He's now basically taking the Joes up for piracy on the high seas because it turns out that this is his oil rig. And that's how you take over the world's oil market. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, it's the following story as well that I really like and that ut- utilises the news perspective yes. where you've got like, you know, almost like narrating a little bit of the story via the news report, which has been done quite a few times, but I do, I do like that. I kind of, yeah, I guess famously in Dark Knight Returns... Yeah, but I think is that supposed to be Angela Rippon? It looks like Angela Rippon has been represented possibly as this newscaster. Who was the woman who was on one of the early morning like ITV um, shows back in the eighties? Anne something? Ah, yeah. Actually, it looks a bit like her. Anne and Nick, wasn't it? Yes, Uh, yes. Anne Diamond. Anne Diamond. There you go. Anne Diamond. That's. I think. That's I always imagined her as this particular right. newscaster, yes. but that's a good call on Angela. Maybe. That is a good shout on Angela. Anyway, yes. So <laughs> more more great Jeff Senior action. You know, like you say, less action based, but more kind of lot of talking heads. Quick kick gets some some quality oh, action kick. here. I love Quick Kick as an action force character. Yeah. I like the fact that he's just got three ninja throwing well not ninjas throwing stars yeah the shuriken, yeah, on, the his, shuriken on his lace. sash yeah on his sash amazing it's so good i just i, I always found uh, kev did a really good quick kick i, I loved kev hopgood's quick kick yes but anyway yeah he so he helps the obviously the action force team have been tra- have been captured by destro and being held not hostage but prisoner because obviously they illegally uh, attempted to take over his oil rig yeah i guess trespass and assault yeah <laughs> <laughs> so he uh quick kick has obviously gone in silent silent weapons expert to uh kind of basically break them out um without anyone knowing but they don't really do that very well do they no no and is this where also uh action force has to step down yes so that's why quick kick's gone in he's he's kind of off off the books as well and you've got this guy called elwin jones who's like a welsh mp who's against action force he's just been like he you know his He's got this real like boner for for action yeah, force. He's got and... beef, man. He's got a deep rooted beef. <laughs> he's got deep deep rooted beef. Sounds like a <laughs> vegan uh, alternative, doesn't yeah. it? Anyway, yeah. So... <laughs> but yeah, big time. And you're right. Action force aren't allowed to really do anything, and they but they get away. And, and Destro's like, well, you know, PR. Uh, you look like idiots, and I get away with yeah. it. So this is one of the reasons I like this particular story arc, and I'll say it now because. Cobra end up with the upper hand, and it's not often that he, I know that there's a lot more of the overarching story to go, but this is effectively as an arc, Cobra wins. And as a kid, I feel like the UK kids were given more kind of rounded storylines. Like sometimes the good guys don't win, and sometimes the bad guys win. And you know, and, and that is something that you know it's always like. Uh, in the American stuff, there's always this kind of like, you know, USA wins all the time because we're the best. And it just, you know, we, we actually owned our faults a little bit in the comics. Yeah, no, that's good. That's a good summary. Um, another Sorry. cool advert at the back of um, issue 13. It's a Matchbox Super Trucks. And it's a, a little Matchbox Monster Truck. And this is free when you buy some packets of Wagon Wheels. 
Oh, you get, you get wagon wow. wheels in the states or not, or are they a UK thing? I'll have to double check. I don't think they do, but that does sound like something that would be an American thing, and then we adopted it, right? But I don't, I don't actually don't know. That's something that I've, you know, like wagon wheels. I used to love them, and I know I'm surprised that's never really been prevalent in my head. But no, that's the first time I've heard of them for a long time. Okay, so probably yeah. not. Basically, you had to to claim your super truck. You had to collect five special multi pack wrappers and send them to the address shown on the pack, together with thirty p's worth of stamps. <laughs> there you go. Oh, the Americans are like going, what? Yeah. What's going on? Yeah. What are we doing now? Special mail or sendaways. Well, apparently, and I've just done a mini, mini bit of research, but it's a snack food in the UK, Australia, Canada, and other Commonwealth countries. Ah. And the Republic of Ireland. Okay. So I don't think they made it to the US, but they've made it to Canada. Right. I'm going to go out tomorrow and buy a packet of wagon wheels. I've got a hankering for some. Oh, man. There you go. <laughs> Sorry. I'm <laughs> just really upset that I'm that's, not going to be involved in that. That's fine. I'll just buy some, I'll buy some real wagon wheels. <laughs> so for me, uh, Rigged obviously was one of them, but my other kind of standout was the crossover with Transformers. And that's kind of ancient relics. Okay. Which was in Transformers 125, but then also continued in... 24, 25, 26, and 27 of the Action Force weekly comic. Yep. And that, for me, was just one of those WTF moments as a kid. It was like two worlds colliding. What the hell is going on? This is the best thing that's ever happened to me. And I was a kid who loved crossover events. I loved... I loved it in, like, the Marvel cartoons when, specifically with Spider-Man, you would get the Punisher turning up in the 90s cartoon or you'd get the Hulk appearing in like the 80s with you know Thor or you know you just get all these like different random crossovers but I was always like why isn't this done more often why are we not seeing this happen all the time and it just it made no sense to me that these universes weren't being done even if it was a what if scenario which Marvel dealt with beautifully on their side of things and back in the day and to this day but you know you could always have like a separate universe for this stuff and yeah. they kind of attempted it but i guess the sales weren't there because you know they it didn't continue or it would always be halted so for me first of all i didn't i didn't bind the transformer issue you son of a yeah because i never had it and i didn't realize because <laughs> i was buying action force and i wasn't buying transformers so i had no idea that i needed to buy that issue of transformers mate that cover though it's flint's face on that transformers cover that is just the funniest thing i've ever seen in my life have you have you have you got it at, at hand no by i don't chance? i don't i i actually have i'm in the process of trying to collect each single issue of the transformers weekly um i'm missing about three or four issues i think and then i'm going to bind hard bind that in six volumes but no i don't i haven't i i probably have that issue but i've never read it well just for our audience and and listener viewers if you can get hold of or if you can get online and look at issue 125 of the transformers marvel comic please look at the the few things i'm going to mention here one Flint's face is the funniest drawing of Flint's face I've ever seen. Right. Then you've also got Bazooka, who's firing his bazooka, but a, a very specific part of the Transformer's arm that does seem to do absolutely no damage whatsoever. Or, you know, it's like clipping the top of his arm, like, doing, like don't aim at his chest or his head or anything, just aim away from him and try and miss him, Bazooka. The- and then Airtight is using his vacuum cleaner <sighs> to fire some sort of red pulse ray which I just think is just amazing. And Barbecue, 
firing flames at the Transformer, which again was in the Action Force comic, he was more of a firing flame guy than he was a put flames out guy, wasn't he? Yeah. So the power of Google has uh, enabled me to view this cover. And uh, I agree with everything you've just said. <laughs> Good. Then we can move on. But for, for me, the first, you know, I've, I'm looking at the cover of issue 24 of Action Force, which was my first introduction to this crossover. And it's got Flint, Scarlet, uh, Wild Bill, Bazooka, and a Megatron with half his face missing. Now, at I this know, point in so time, violent. I wasn't reading Transformers. And I'll be honest, I was pissed off. I was like, what are these big robots doing in my realistic Action Force comic? And I was not happy. <laughs> Well, I, I yeah, I, I don't know. I just I feel like I'm. It's a Marmite thing. Transformers GI Joe, isn't it? Well, I think that's why it, it never really catches on. Well, now later, now I'm like, yeah, cool. This is a cool story. I'm I'm all down for it. But as a kid, as a as a mini chief, wasn't my bag. But that has changed <laughs> mainly because I wasn't reading, so I didn't know who this yeah. Alpha Centurion dude was. And I mean, I didn't that, know that was what weird. was going on with Megatron and Grimlock. I knew the I knew Megatron and Grimlock, but I didn't. I had no real understanding of what was happening yeah because again we're, we're brought into it in a in an odd position aren't we as well we we missed that kind of initial issue yeah and it's almost like i did i must admit at the time i did feel like something wasn't quite right and i'm like why all of a sudden are they running out of a thing being chased by a transformer like i, I you're right there was that element of it because i didn't have the transformers comic as a kid i didn't have that 125 oh, okay as a kid right but I was I was still just blown away at the fact that... And I just thought, I'd, oh, I'd, the news agent obviously missed one out or I'd missed a week or something. That's how my mind worked back then. It was always my fault, you know? <laughs> I don't want to be sacrilegious or anything, but I don't think Jeff's art here is potentially as good as what I'd seen previously. In the, You know, I don't want to wax lyrical about everything that's in here, but I, yeah, for some reason, I don't know. Some of these pages I'm looking at, I don't know, aren't... I don't think they're his best work. I oh, know, I'll agree with that. I think there's there's elements of it where... Uh, it's a little bit sparse it's not as filled like some of the you know he's, he's using a lot of kind of block colors and it's all very you know very simple paneling stuff isn't it you know it's 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 all very basic yeah but there are some really nice p- parts oh, like you know yeah. the there's some beautiful kind of spreads and some like big like, i feel like part three of the ancient Re- in the action force comic you've got uh, a really good scene where you've got megatron and grimlock battling you've got the helicopters all converging and you've got like centurion and you know, they're all kind of like meshed they're all coming together in this kind of like crazy fight and i, and I did quite like that yeah i've noticed also we're not really talking about what happens in it but i don't think we need to it's basically <laughs> transformers meet with you with go. action force and there's a big scrap and that's it pretty much and on yeah. the back of one of the covers is another i keep bringing up adverts uh, so i hope no it's great know. i love the adverts this is an advert for battle beasts oh that's our next episode is that's it our next main episode is battle beasts battle yeah. beasts battle beasts they battle for fun exactly oh my goodness exactly and firewood water baby i think i had i didn't have some my friend had some now I'm, you know, I don't want to spoil what happens. Oh, in go your, nuts. Actually, no, because this is going to be an Easter special. So hopefully listeners have already listened to the Full Force <laughs> podcast. The five-hour yeah. Battle Beasts episode. Then, this is just a, a recap of what you will have discussed. They had little little figures with little hologrammy rub things, kind of like the Autobot, signs, yeah. uh, Autobot Decepticon rub things. What are they called? Rub signs. Rub signs. Okay, yep. And uh, you rub it and you either get a fire, a wood or a water and it's like uh, rock, paper, scissors. Yeah, fire beats wood. Wood beats water. Water beats fire. That was the advert. Oh, is it? Because here it actually gives a bit more detail. Fire burns wood. Wood floats on water and water puts out fire. I can understand water winning by putting out fire and I can understand fire 
burning wood to win, but wood floating on water? How does that beat water? Take that water, like I'm floating on you. It's like being caressed with a natural yogurt. Right. Yeah, totally. Okay. It's that's not it's not really a battle, is it? Like no. the fire is pretty hardcore, yeah. water's powerful, wood. Yeah. I'm just going to I'm just going to float on you for a bit yeah. and chill out. Yeah. Just relax Take that. for a bit. I, but I mean, they look cool. I mean, it's got little silhouettes of the figures. Um, I didn't, like I say, my friend had a couple, but I was never really immersed into the world of Battle Beast. But maybe I'll look for some on eBay. Oh, totally. They're great. And there's, I mean, we get into some details with it, but um, it kind of still exists to this day in a, in a weird sense or in a spiritual sense with the Beast Saga line in Japan. Okay. But again, you can listen to all of the details on the next main episode of The Full Force. Do it. So. Sounds good. <laughs> Well, what about your what about your standout then, Chief? What was the next standout for you? The next standout for me is a couple of single issues that I like. I mean, let's, okay, let's briefly before I move on to those. Just briefly, I want to just touch on issue eighteen, which is actually features a Grant Morrison short quick kick story, which introduces. Do you say Shang Chai or Shang Chi? I say Shang Chi. Okay, uh, but I don't know. I, I don't know what the the, the correct pronunciation right, let's is. Let's go with Shang Chi. So, which is a Marvel character who was gonna master of kung fu, who was gonna form part of the backup strips. So rather than just reprint those backup strips, they they had a weird kind of little introduction story where the the two of them know each other to kind of segue yeah. that strip in, which I thought was quite cool. And obviously Grant Morrison, this was early days of Grant Morrison. He'd been writing the Zoys stuff and then this for Marvel UK, and then I guess he would go off and do his US stuff. I think it's really nice, and I, I must admit, it made me want to care about Shang-Chi, I'm saying it now, yeah. Shang-Chi, and also Quick Kick was just, he was one of the first figures I owned, uh, Flint and Quick Kick were the first two I owned, yeah. so Quick Kick has always had that kind of, like, you know, close to my heart as a character. Yeah. So I was gutted when he died in A Real American Hero, yeah. spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler alert. <laughs> Do you want me to cut that no, out? No, no, that's fine, leave it in. And that comes, and I don't particularly want to discuss this story but that comes off the back of the previous four issue arc which is called cold comfort and oh, brilliant that is actually a really good story because it's a it's a bit more of a mature story with quick kick trying to hunt down his old friend who he assumes has been captured by cobra or a sect of cobra and this this was actually quite clever actually i am going to discuss it now i said i wouldn't but i'm going to discuss do it. it do it do it michael ank who was an old stunt driver stunt performer friend of his has gone off into the, the snow. I don't know where I don't know where it is. Is it the Himalayas or somewhere? Himalayas. It's usually the Himalayas. Usually the Himalayas it? if it's snow and mountains. And this is quite clever because they're actually introducing a whole new kind of new branch of cobra who are you know a bit more fundamentalist and a bit more hardcore. And he hasn't been captured. He has actually been turned and is as a member of this cult. And really good stuff here. Really good back and forth and moral dilemmas. And also is a good story because it introduces Steve Yao as an artist who would go on to be a real mainstay on 2000 AD. He's amazing, Steve. Yes. Like, oh, I'd love to get him on the show as well, yeah. like, or on your show, please. Can you get Steve? On the show? <laughs> I'll tr- yeah, I'll see what I can do, and then uh, I'll palm him off onto you. Well, it gets gets it gives me less to do if you ju- <laughs> if you just do all the ones I want to hear, okay. then that's perfect. <laughs> he, I don't think he does that many cons anymore, but I know a con I was at and. One of my friends actually got a quick kick sketch from him at one of the conventions. So. Yes, and honestly, Steve does brilliant quick kick as well, yeah. I must admit. I love the logo as well for the Cobra, like the two-headed Cobra yeah. logo. But, I mean, that that's a good story worth worth tracking down, definitely. And then the other... I, I, I like a couple of these single issues. I like issue 23, which is called... Is it called Gas Mask? Gas Mask with a Q-U-E. Gas Mask with a Q-U-E, because this is Brett Ewan's art, who was uh, a big 
Judge Dread artist and did Bad Company for 2000 AD. And just kind of another issue that kind of highlights the individual Cobra soldier. You know, he's he's an old friend of heavy metals. He, he's gone a bit rogue and he's on a suicide mission. He's going to kill everyone. He has to be talked down. You know, n- nothing revolutionary, but, um, you know, I really like the way that's done. And another single issue, which is issue 32, which features barbecue and airtight. I knew you were going to say this one. This was this was also one of my kind of honourable mentions, the Runaway Train one. Okay, yes. Yeah, so again, uh, this is actually Anthony Williams on pencils, who would again be, be a big artist for 2000 AD, especially on Sinister Dexter. And yeah, I don't think this, this is not Cobra involvement, is it? It's just some criminals have hijacked a train and you know flint is flying the dragonfly and i think wild bill's flying the other one they drop off airtight and barbecue and they use their 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 skills in their respective areas to to kind of halt the the runaway train it's really cool and again it's uh, i I love the fact that airtight and barbecue are kind of duoed up all the time like i feel that they're they came out like in a similar time they just have like they're they're almost like because they're not kind of directly infantry based they're not like military as it as it kind of you know the standard version of that they're almost like kind of put together and like you guys go over there yeah yeah <laughs> and and it's it's funny because they're both really cool operatives and in this particular issue they've made they it, i think it enhanced them as characters so much uh, having this particular comic yeah and yeah i love the fact that you've got a guy who is basically uh, he's got nothing to live for who's taken over this train um and he's just going to like you know I suppose make a name for himself kill him and everyone on board at the same time and they end up kind of getting on the on the train in like classic action fashion being dropped by a dragonfly (laughs) barbecue has to put out a fire the danger of the fact is the container that it's in is a you know it's going to be a very dangerous situation if it does break out so obviously airtight is there to deal with that and then they both break into the the actual cab of the train and or the driver's area and that's where they meet this guy who's got a gun to barbecue, but then Airtight comes through the window and grabs his gun. And then the dude's like, well, what are you going to do? You're not going to kill me, so I'll just jump out of the train. Yeah. And then they, they're they like, right, well, the, what are we going to do then? We better <laughs> bail. We'll bail for it. We'll jump out. They jump out and, and save the, the, other, the other driver on the train, uh, the other guy involved. And it stops of its own volition and doesn't crash. So it's, it's just a nice, yeah. cute like you say it contains story it's very i don't think it's the best art we've seen in the series so far but i mean it's the storytelling i do think it's interesting though i think there's i think there's a lot of personality in the features of each character though i think there's a there's a real like style stylistic approach with this particular artist isn't all the characters are quite uh, expressive aren't they yeah really exaggerated in certain aspects Uh, this is actually another you're very good at doing um uh, segues that you don't know about so I'm a genius. It's an action force pop quiz, pop quiz. It's an action force, it's pop, an action quiz, force pop quiz, pop quiz. <laughs> More uh, intelligence profiles. This. So Kurt Schnauer, Schnur, Schnur, Kurt Schnur is airtight. airtight. Pri- do, you, do you want to go primary and secondary? Or I can give you primary and you can attempt a secondary? You're going to hate me because you know for one, well, for one, there's a reason I love this character. Born in West Germany, right? Yep. I was born in West Germany. So instantly i had this connection with airtight and i knew and the other thing was my dad was in the forces he was in the raf and i would i would talk with him about these characters and we would have like he would like fill me in on like real military stuff 
and and he was always interested when things popped up including nuclear biological chemical warfare which is the mbc <laughs> thing which is his primary military specialty it is and i think like weapons tech was his other one something Correct, like that yes weapons technician yes but i remember that like again vividly because my dad was like we'd have conversations about this stuff and he would say that he would tell me stories about when he had his mbc suit and it was a funny story of i think his mate like the way that they were designed was that you couldn't really take them off fully without spending hours putting them back on so when they needed to go to the toilet in like you know they got caught short in the middle of nowhere he would like shuffle the the the, this thing down but not take it off properly and his mate was in such a rush or he was so drunk i can't remember which one it was (laughs) that he shuffled it down but then did a crap and it went straight into the (laughs) to the suit that he was wearing but anyway that's um that's a story for all you guys out there and that's why i know so much about air cool um i'm gonna give you another couple so, like you mentioned this earlier, actually, um, Mr. Fairborn is actually David, and in G.I. Joe, what is he? Dashiel. Yeah, Dashiel R. Fairborn. Yeah. We've still got the R for Flint here, so but you know it's David. Primary. Warrant officer. He's yeah, infantry. He is a warrant officer. Yeah, he is infantry, and he's secondary. He was a helicopter pilot. He was a helicopter pilot, and when I wrote these down, I was like, he doesn't drive no helicopter, fly no helicopter. And in the issue we've just discussed, I actually mentioned he is flying one of the helicopters. He's all up in the dragonfly, he's isn't he? all up yeah. in that dragonfly. So now we've got file name unknown. Okay. Uh, I'll, give, I'll give you all three of these. Is it Snake all, Eyes? Th- all three of these next ones are file name unknown. Okay. Yes, it is Snake Eyes. Primary specialty? Hand-to-hand combat his, instructor. His secondary is hand-to-hand combat instructor. Oh, is he infantry again? He is infantry. Man, you're good at this. Sorry, I got, no, that's, a, that's wrong. Well, it I wasn't it wrong, wrong, but I mean, you know... I, it's better than I was expecting. If you'd have asked me these without me knowing, I would have got zero for zero. So uh, you've got another two unknowns here. Oh, God. You want to hazard a guess at who the- I'm trying to think who's unknown. Um, it would be... Cobra? Yeah, Cobra Commander. Oh, okay. Do you want to guess his, his, his primary and his secondary? I'm never really good with the... I vaguely remember his... Like, there was some connection with his pistol because it was, like, experimental or something. That's all I remember. Okay, uh, you are good. Experimental weaponry is his secondary. Oh, okay. And intelligence is his primary. I didn't know the primary. Okay. I just I knew there was something experimental in there. And the last one, then, is Destro. Well, what? Yeah, go on, say it. I could hear the first bit. Well, it's weapons manufacturer. Weapons manufacturer I don't know if that was... is his primary specialty. Oh, thank f- for that. And secondary... I wasn't sure if that was on his card. Oh god, it's something ridiculous. It is something um, ridiculous. It's something that isn't. It's something that isn't. You don't usually expect. It's not a skill. Because it's not a. It's, it's, not, not, a, no. it's not a skill. Hang on, bear with me. Is it? Uh... No, I've lost it. Uh, sorry. Terrorist. Oh yes, yes. <laughs> I knew it was something dumb. You so went to terrorist school. You see, uh, what you might notice here is I'm not very good with Cobra, but I'm very good with yes, <laughs> with action yes. force. Well, there's no more. So you've done. You you've completed. I'm going to give you a pass. Tick. Oh, brilliant! Thanks. Awesome. Okay. Uh, any stories you would like to discuss that we haven't already covered? Gunpoint's brilliant. Yes. I love Gunpoint, yeah. which is that one where the the Crimson Guard gets found out in the school and he then holds them all hostage and then Footloose is going to snipe him. Yep, but then Flint goes, no, don't. Yeah, it's issue 28. That's a good one. I think that's Anthony Williams again on art. And then the kid talks him down. Yeah, that's or right, like, yeah. He like t- basically tells him he's a dick and he wouldn't like him <laughs> if he was his dad. And he goes, oh, and he starts crying. And then, yep. But then what was really powerful about that story is the last panel 
where the kid is then haunted by this crimson guard holding a gun to him yeah it's it's it's, it's a bit morose isn't it it's a bit uh... yeah but again very good standout story to kind of talk about yeah. um doppelganger is a brilliant brilliant arc yeah. like it's just so much fun i i'm not i'm not a massive fan of that one i mean no oh, I... saying i'm not a fan is not telling the true story i do like it obviously because i like i like all the stories in here but i wouldn't have it anywhere near the top strange that well that's why it's here i think that's why it's here in the kind of um, I'm, I'm, I'm really more making a an honourable mention, right. should we say? Okay. And I liked it because it was just he just seemed to keep going, and it was like they should have they should have dealt with this by now. Yeah. <laughs> this should be sorted yeah. out, and it just they kept getting away. And it was like almost like chase and suspense, and I did quite like that. And then the little twist as well. Some good water moccasin action in that though. Yeah, moccasin and moray. Yeah. They like they get a good a good, a good, good combo, seeing yeah. too. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I get a good seeing too in that issue. Yeah, and I think I I, I think that's pretty much on on all I've got a <laughs> one that stands out to me not necessarily in a bad way but a bit goofy is the uh, Sunday Drivers one where you've got Bazooka and an Awe Striker going through a mall <laughs> and the chasing the Dreadnoughts yeah. and I just I just it's you know it's wacky it's bonkers it's fun but it's definitely not one yeah. that I it's and it's memorable I suppose you yeah. know. Um, I think we probably need to discuss the other main crossover with the G.I. Joe comic, which is kind of issues 37, 38, which are drawn by Brian Hitch, who would obviously go on to become a massive superstar artist, did obviously the Ultimates at Marvel, and then did a you know a truckload of stuff, The Authority with Warren Ellis and, and Mark Millar and all that kind of stuff. But that acts as a silent interlude, kind of prologue and epilogue. Yeah, bookends, right? Yeah, it's very interesting um, because you kind of get Storm Shadow at the end. Well, the first part is it shows how Scarlet came to be captured by Storm Shadow and taken to the silent castle, which is never done in... I don't think it's ever done in the G.I. Joe. It's only referenced no. in a few panels yeah. in a subsequent Correct. issue. But here, here you actually see Storm Shadow. He's come into London. He's actually captured Scarlet. And somehow somehow manages to do it with, I want to say, Snake Eyes is involved. He's, he's one of the guys that's dressed up with his mask on, that's with her. Yes, uh, and he ends up kind of getting smacked into the into the like the pool of water, and then like comes out all ready to go, doesn't he? That's actually a really cool panel on that last page where it says prologue ends, and it's got an image oh, yeah. of Snake Eyes kind of squatting with his Uzi. It's brilliant, oh, isn't it? That's yeah, sensational stuff. And then the following issue in thirty eight, because then we get the silent issue of the reprint of the of the GI Joe material, and then you get a confrontation between Destro and Storm Shadow. Up above on the on the ramparts, kind of of Castle Destro or the silent it's or the silent, silent castle. castle sorry, yeah. <laughs> it is Castle Destro in the Action Force comic, though. Yeah. yeah, that's kind of cool because at one point, you know, he's picked him up uh, above his head, and he's Storm Shadow's picked up Destro, and he's about to, you know, throw him off the top of this castle, and he just wants to know who killed the Hardmaster. But um, I thought that was a neat little way of kind of giving the the UK readers a bit more background on what was you know happening yeah. in the US comic. Well, what I found what I found out after the fact was it wasn't so much that we were getting we we're seeing what was happening in the US. We we were just getting comics that worked with the continuity that they could then squidge in yeah. somehow like, you know, ham-fisted in. Yeah to kind of make it look like it was all one big continuity but yeah it, it was i think it was more to do with that and that, but it, what it did do was it then gave us a basis going into gi joe and then reading these stories and being like oh wow you know like and it was i did have an oh wow moment reading marvel run for the first time yes. the the gi joe run and i wouldn't say it was like um i never feel like one is better than the other 
I never feel that way. I just feel like they're two separate things, but I, I have so much love for both of them. Yep. G.I. Joe, you know, I love G.I. Joe. Like, I love it with, you know, otherwise I wouldn't do a f-ing podcast yeah. about it, you know, and, and spend the majority <laughs> of my life studying, researching, and doing all this crap, going to conventions. Yeah. <laughs> like, what's the point? It's mental. But yeah, so when I read that the G.I. Joe comic for the first time, it was like... Oh, I see. That's why. Uh, oh, I get it. Yep. So, like, you you kind of unraveled the mysteries of what you know before you had no idea about. Yeah, yeah. Before we give our verdicts on what our our favourite covers are and our favourite um, artists and issues, in issue twenty two, there was actually a or prior to this, they did a reader survey, and the opening or the center page splash of issue 22 was the results of the it's called the great action force readers poll results amazing i took part in that did you yeah nice i voted oh it says actually it says in action force 14 eight weeks ago we instigated the great poll so i was surprised at almost how few votes there were so for example favorite artist Kev Hopgood ended up winning it with 85 votes. Yeah. Jeff Senior, 61, and Steve Yao, 25. So that's only like, you know, 170 people voting. So yeah. not everyone who reads it is going to vote, but it seemed like a very low number to me. I think it was a, more people were reading it than they were voting. And that's just that I found that more so in like, in the like you know, fast forward to the future and you get like a Facebook poll. You've got 3,000 people that, or over 3,000 people that like your page. And only sixteen people take part in the poll, right. so I think it's more. Uh, it, it it does like it does highlight a low readership, and there's a reason why it didn't break the fifty barrier. Yes, but um, yeah, I I totally agree with you. It's a, it's a lo- it's low numbers for this, yeah. and it's maybe they should have gone percentages. Yeah, yeah, just to not highlight the you know, I mean, fa- <laughs> favorite Cobra is was always going to be Storm Shadow winning, 141 votes. Oh, yeah. Zartan, yeah. 21. Destro, 13. I was interested with Zartan actually getting a higher vote than Destro because Zartan wasn't seen as often. Yep. And also, have you noticed that the art for that Zartan that was used on the cover has been now used on the on the soles of the ASICS trainers? Yeah, so I actually bought both pairs. I bought the Snake Same Eyes these. and the Storm Shadow ones. And uh, oh, you did as well. Yeah, God, yeah. But I, s- In, I interviewed the designer. Did you, Anderson Blue? We interviewed. Oh him yeah, about, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah, a couple about a couple of weeks before they released. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I sent them back. Uh, <laughs> that's not where you thought it was going. I, I found them very uncomfortable. Oh, that's a shame. They rubbed on the outside of kind of just. The, the ankle just above the heel in between the ankle there was rubbed because I was like oh these are great I was like I bought both and I thought I'll decide to keep one or the other because I can't justify right. 100 quid per pair <laughs> and I thought both came I tried them on for like a week every night I would try them on in the living room oh, so not no. wearing them outside uh, you know for like an hour at a time just wearing them around just walking about da, 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 da. and then in the end I was like oh, I, just, I can't do it so then I actually sent them both back that's such a shame what a bad I ending. like y- yeah it is. I mean, mine are fine, but then at the same time, mine are still in the box. I did, <laughs> okay. I, I did try them on, but they, they they were comfortable for me. Right. Oh, mate, we must have different feet yeah, shapes. Yeah. <laughs> um, the last the last two I'm going to mention on this poll is favourite Action Force character, Snake Eyes 110, Quick Kick 30, Flint 16. And again, that kind of parallels the, the Destro one. Flint is the main hero here, but he's... I know, he's never yeah. going to compete with Snake Eyes, and Quick Kick's a cool character, but I thought he would have got more than Quick Kick. It was the era of Kung Fu, of though, was. wasn't it? Like, it was, it was just like Bruce Lee was everywhere, and ninjas were cool, and 
Yeah. And then the vehicle, we've got Dragonfly with 60 votes, the Snowcat with 26, and the Sky Striker with 25. I'm surprised the Maul is not in there, but again, the Snowcat's seen a, a few more times at that stage, I think. Yeah, that's it. That's it. What about well, let's let's do our versions of those? Also, the covers as well. The um, Storm Shadow got okay. got first, didn't he? Snake yeah. Eyes got second. So that's issue. Is it? Oh, 12? For, sorry for the covers. For the, for, yeah. yeah. So they they had covers. They had issue twelve, issue eleven, and issue fourteen. So that was like you say the who is Storm Shadow cover? Good cover. Who is Snake Eyes and Fire and Ice? Fire and Ice, which is a snow cap blowing up with. Uh, quick kick being launched out the front which is a cool cover awesome that's from cold comfort as well wasn't it or that that, that is of, yes, yeah that, correct that, that area so all right yeah, let's do let's do our covers then what see i've got one two three i've got six on my list <laughs> which i'm going to narrow down to a, a honorable mention a runner-up and a winner nice so while i do that in my head i've got mine you go ahead and give us yours okay so honorable mention or number three i have issue 26 a mauler being crushed by, by i think megatron um i just right. i just yep. find that particular visual very iconic for the action force even though again it's the it's the transformers crossover thing but i remember seeing that and just being blown away by it because a the mall is gorgeous it's one of the most beautiful tanks ever conceived and i just i thought visually it just looks stunning number two the runner-up i have issue 18 and that's the wraparound cover that features just like them again it's the mauler I, I might be giving away my favorite vehicle at this at this rate as well it's another mauler cover but it's like mentally dynamic it's like who would have thought the mauler would do like that you know like i, yeah. I can't even tell if it's either i think it's coming down from a height i think it must be yeah. on a jump coming down on the front lev- left of its of, uh, on its track which would absolutely disintegrate any tank, I think. But um, it's also firing off like its ridiculous like missile, which has got the flaps have opened as well. Which I just used to love seeing on like slow motion military videos, where you see a missile come out of the launcher and then the flaps kind of like appear, uh, like flip out. And obviously you've got the fangs on the other side of the cover. You've got Stonehenge in the background, and you've got Jay Flint and Heavy Metal like all like on the more like obviously heavy metals driving it but you've got flint and lady J kind of like hanging on for de- not hanging on for dear life balancing precariously firing <laughs> at fangs it's just it's mental it's classic classic action force i love it it's brilliant and yep. my yep. number one is probably going to be your number one as well mate i'm guessing and that's issue two and that is the eel in the hallway with snake eyes <laughs> eel with the candlestick in the hallway with um (laughs) colonel snake eyes and the awesome scarlet and i just everything about it is gorgeous the art the line work is exceptional the color is exceptional it's dark but it's still vivid everything pops really beautifully with that kind of the light coming from the the back like the back room almost that there's a doorway in and snake eyes looks amazing and the eel looks amazing and scarlet looks amazing it's just perfect okay so my ones um i had difficulty splitting my honorable mentions so i'm going to give three honorable mentions. bloody hell <laughs> uh, first off is issue 17 cover which is quick kick and his buddy michael ank uh the cover just says jewel oh and yeah they're kind of facing yeah. off with flames and fire in the background just great composition just you know you know really cool i'm i'm I want to. I see that cover. I want to know what happens in that scene. And issue five, which is a Jeff Senior with the dreadnoughts on the motorbikes in the snow, they just look bad and mean. Buzzer was a pretty big character in the uh, 
in the Action Force era. He was, he was, yeah. Then I'm going to issue 46 for my last honourable mention, and this is Storm Shadow and Snake Eyes in the rain. Uh, Storm Shadow's pulling his bow back. It's a Brian Hitch cover. And Snake Eyes is crouching, right? From my recollection. Snake Eyes is crouching. I'm not so much a fan of Brian Hitch's modern art. Uh, I know I am in a a very, very small minority there because everyone tells me uh, I'm an idiot when I say that. (laughs) Um, I just don't like the way he draws faces. I don't think he can draw faces. Hey, you can have your own. You can have your own feelings towards these things, dude. But I love his action force stuff. I think yeah. this stuff is better. And I saw him at a con. In fact, it was back in 2012, I think, or 2011. It was Kapow in London. Oh, brilliant! Yeah, and I was there. Uh, I got him. To, I, oh, were yeah? you? Yeah, I was at that one. Cool. Sorry, carry uh, on. I got him to. I got him to sign some of these issues, and I actually said to him, you know, I prefer you know your stuff from here and he we wouldn't have it he's like are you kidding and he told me a story he said he was 16 going on 17 when he was drawing this bloody hell on his mum's kitchen table and he'd have all his art out and he's drawing and she's like clear this table i'm serving dinner now you are kidding me he'd have to like just smush it all off the table as his beans on toast came and he's he's like he's he's i think he said he was 16 just about to turn 17 how he said he said i didn't know what i was doing he said i'm drawing action force comics oh incredible stuff that is the most mental thing i've ever heard in my life i'd have i'd have given oh i don't that's that's amazing hero really nice guy as well really nice guy hero and then i have got my runner-up as issue two oh nice which for all the reasons you said it's gorgeous <laughs> i've actually got my winner it is actually issue 23 okay okie dokie is that the man the he's mad one it's the he's mad so it's the it's the gas mask issue so it's a real close-up of a cobra trooper sweating. who's holding a can which says toxic on it and he is sweating profusely <laughs> and it says he's mad and it just looks i don't know i just really that visual yeah. is just really really powerful it's for me brilliant like yeah it's terrifying as well airtight's going to be needed soon by the looks of things <laughs> and barbecue yeah <laughs> yeah the the duo i have a cushion with both of them on it as well like they okay, were they wicked. were always put together on things it's crazy what did you think about the so in the back of gi joe there was sometimes postcards to the pit the letters page here we had mail call which was generally a random place in the issue yeah which was the same same thing you know readers letters yeah but this had something really cool which was called action trade where someone would write in such as Stuart gibson from north cheam in surrey yeah which is actually about five minutes down the road from me mental and he says wanted snake eyes and storm shadow with weapons swap Destro and Crimson Guard with weapons. Crazy. So you could basically, it was a swap shop. Classifieds, wasn't it, pretty much? Yeah, it was a classifieds, yeah. But you'd see some really bad ones, like some dude would want, I want Snake Eyes and Cobra Commander, and I'll give you two Cobra Troopers. (laughs) (laughs) I'll give you a broken airtight, and yeah, yeah, no no thanks. Yeah, Yeah. that was pretty cool. I mean, we've adopted the mail call thing on our podcast as well. Like that's all of the things that are mentioned in, you know, in the cartoon or the comic, we tend to try and steal for our own segments. But the mail call was also one of my my favourite ever things as well. Like just kind of reading other kids that are into this stuff and seeing what they were like saying and excited about and so it was it was yeah it's really really neat i yeah i love all that stuff but the the trading thing I, i'm not surprised i didn't really i don't I'm, i want to know if that was actually 
good for anybody if anyone actually did any trading on it because that would be a good story i think yeah definitely i mean there's one here as well there's a mail call here which dear mail call who is the better marksman snake eyes or flint question two does flint fancy either scarlet or lady J? <laughs> That is so English. <laughs> so English, fancying somebody. Does he fancy? Fancy yeah. was, oh man. Let me see what the answer is actually. The answer is, um, I tried to keep, oh no, because Flint of course is answering the letters. So he <laughs> says, in relation to that, I tried to keep my personal feelings out of my work. Consequently, my relationship with both the ladies you mentioned is strictly professional. Brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> what I Okay, what I love about not just the comics, but then the actual company and the branding and all that kind of stuff is... I would I would write letters to Action Force, like mail away addresses and stuff. Like I would write to them thinking it was the HQ for Action Force and so on and so forth. So I would, you know, yeah. you'd get those, like, you know, it might be like a mail away for Special Corps or Super Troop or something. And you'd get hold of an address and I'd be like, right, I'm, I'm sending him a letter. And I'd write things <laughs> like, and I'd, I'd des- I designed this gym. It was an Action Force gym. And there's a couple of other different things I'd send them. And I would get res- replies on G- on Action Force and G.I. Joe-headed paper. Wicked. And it would always... And I've, I've still got them. I've posted them on our Facebook page in the past. I've discussed them at length in on an episodes before. And it like I was just so amazed at the almost like customer support that it, it wasn't. I mean, it was like they're pandering to kids effectively. Yeah. Um, but... I was amazed that I always get a response. And so I've got like, I think, five or six letters back from, you know, from Flint or Hawk. And I'm using air quotes as I do this. Because <laughs> it was always like someone from marketing or, you know, whoever was running that club that week or whatever. But I always found that really amazing. And that was one of the reasons I fell in love with this whole thing completely because i almost felt like it was a real thing like it wasn't you know i would almost like fantasize that there would be fangs flying in and and you know i'd look out because i lived on the coast this is meant this is gonna make me sound mental but i lived on the coast in munsley this tiny little seaside town in norfolk and we were right on the cliff edge so we had the most beautiful view of the sea and there was a barracks on the side of the cliff near near my house that we, you know, long abandoned barracks, uh, this huge yeah. concrete building on the cliff edge. And we'd use that as our action force HQ. And, you know, there would be f- homeless people living in it, probably, you know, <laughs> doing crack and all sorts of stuff. And there was us as kids running around in our army gear, like being G.I. Joe characters, action force characters. And I would like visualize like the whale coming up on the on the beach and like sky strikers flying over whenever a plane flew past. You know, like in my head, it was like a rattler. It wasn't an A10 that flew past, and sure. and things like that. And it was just, I don't know. It just made this world in my head, and it hasn't f-ing left me because I'm still here talking about it years later. And I think that was one of the reasons I love this brand so much. So for them to do, you know, to respond so well to the people that were sending this stuff in just still blows my mind to this day oh very cool do we talk about combat colin of course do we let the uh u.s <laughs> readers listeners uh, into the world of combat colin my favorite thing about combat colin was the i think it's in his profile something like that one of his like you know because they do like they did like a funny combat colin profile like just yes. like they did with the joes uh with the action force team and i remember vividly laughing my 
ass off as a kid to the thing of he he applied for the action force team they they denied him he applied again they denied him again he applied again they nuked his bedroom and i just found that so funny as a kid i mean it's dumb as all hell now but i found that was the funniest thing to me as a kid and and that stuck stuck with me as well because I, i again i'm not sure if that's the exact quote but it's along those lines. But yeah, yeah. What, who is Combat Colin for the audience? It, it, it's kind of a, like, it's like a parody newspaper strip, isn't it? Of a bumbling, yeah. fat goon who lives with his mum and he's got his mate semi-automatic Steve. Semi-automatic Steve. <laughs> Unreal. And he thinks he's, you know, he thinks he's, he's military grade, but he's clearly not. He has, yeah. And Lou Stringer was the guy that um, kind of drew him and, and, and I think, did he write him as well? Yeah, yeah. I've got, a, I, he, Lou Stringer did me a, a zombified version of Combat Colin at a convention once. He's lovely. I saw him at TFN last year. Okay. And I actually asked him if he'd want to be on the show to do a, an interview and he said yes and gave me his email and yep. i've emailed him and haven't heard anything back since okay so i'm follow up i will follow up i think i might have done but i will i'll do again because i really want to get him on the show because he was he's lovely as well in person really nice guy yep. anyway yeah so yeah combat colin was hilarious i actually yeah. used to lo- look forward to that that strip as well just as much as i did the action force comic now kind of soaking it all in once again it's, it's it was such an amazing comic you know you had that original uk material you had the gi joe reprint stuff you had the you know sometimes you had the shang chi stuff you then you had combat column which was a bit of nice light relief after everything you've experienced within and such a a great package wasn't it It rounded it off because it was always at the back you never you would never tell in the structure of the comic whether you would get the u.s stuff first reprint stuff first and then the uk stuff sometimes they flipped it around you never knew where the tack page was going to be or the letters page but you always knew that combat colin would be there right at the end kind of giving you the uh, send-off i think that's why i prefer this particular format to the classic comic of just here's your story and then here's a ton of like adverts for the for the company and then away you go it's nice on the vintage comics where you've got some of the vintage ads but I kind of find like the that US structure of just the story and that's it and that's all you get is so short changing people and I yeah. love the format of, of of just like you say all of those different things thrown together. I mean, you know, obviously the UK kind of has a history of that anyway, history of a weekly comics and b anthology kind of comics just out of interest as well chief what are your favorite artists and writers because obviously we nope that's a good shout by picking out obviously by picking out our standout stories along the way we've done our top three of those by accident so i mean like yeah what are your favorite writers and artists story-wise i'll also just give a, a, a quick shout out to the story from 44 45 and 46 the one where destro loses his memory oh yeah yeah and uh confronts farouk who has has been a character? Oh yeah, he didn't die. The series, <laughs> yeah, surprise, yeah. he didn't die. I re- I actually really like that that story, so that's cool. I'd say favorite artist, you know, it's probably got to be between Kev Hopgood and Jeff Senior, big time. And I thought about this a lot, and I went back and forth, and I'm going to be one of those really annoying people that sits on the fence, and I'm actually going to share this uh, this honor equally. Yeah, and that's not because I've just spoke to Kev Hopgood recently um, <laughs> at all. I think growing up, I was definitely in the Jeff Senior camp as my favorite artist. Yeah, and his work on see that that's kind of the Transformers stuff that I kind of started reading Transformers was when Simon Furman came on. Yeah, and that's when Jeff was kind of doing all that stuff in the US book. And that's, you know, a real sweet spot for me of Transformers. And 
I think because of that, I was very fond of his Action Force work early on. But now, having reread these all again, I'm actually going to, you know, like I said, I'm going to be a complete chump and be a fence sitter and say both. <laughs> That's fine. That's totally cool. I mean, for me, I, I have to throw Steve Yole in there. Cause oh, yes, of course. Yeah. Lime, like he, he is actually like quite... He's definitely an underrated artist, I think. Um, yes. Kev definitely gets the plaudits um, because he's a brilliant, brilliant artist. And also Jeff Senior because of the, I, I suppose, not just because of what he's done with the Action Force stuff, but I suppose everything else since and before, like, you know, there's he's got like that gravitas Jeff Senior where he I feel like he's put to the top before we're actually looking at everything, you know. He's already kind of made his way up there before we've actually yeah. looked at anything yes but for me it's got to be kev then jeff then steve but that's just my okay. that's my top three and um just just mention you you know you mentioned steve and i i didn't speak about him in when i was saying who my favorite was but um i'm doing a little side project called every story ever which i stole from the podcast war rocket ajax right and those two guys basically are, attempt, are trying to every comic they read they put on a list and rank it against every other comic and wow. in effect are trying to review every comic ever so i thought i'll do the same when i you know i've got loads of comics that i reread and new ones that i buy so every time i read a story um whether it be a single issue or a six issue arc i'm going to put it on my master list wow and try and uh, so the list is now about it might be about 1200 <sighs> stories i was thinking you so say like 26 or something not- no, i started i started cataloging it last year kind of at the beginning of 2018 wow um so unfortunately i've had you know 30 plus years of reading comics and what i don't want to do is oh yeah i, know, I remember i read that comic two years ago i know so for example watchmen is not on the list because i haven't read it since I started compiling the list. Right, I get So you. I need to go back and read what I don't feel... I know how good it is. I've read it lots of times, but yeah. I want every story I put on the list to have been something that I've read recently. Got you. So it's missing lots of classics, but that's only... Not because I haven't read them, but because in my mind, I want to be 100% sure where it ranks. So, for example, to get to my point, of the <laughs> twelve or 1,300 stories I've ranked in the last year, The Red Seas is actually ranked number four, and this is a 2000 AD strip by, written by Ian Edgington and drawn by Steve Yao. Oh, fantastic. Uh, it's a black and white kind of medieval seafaring pirate adventure. I'm going to have to check that out. It, it's available digitally on the 2000 AD shop, 2000 AD online in their shop. You can buy two volumes of it digitally. Cool. And uh, that that's how much I rate him as an artist because it's number four. Yeah, there you go. I mean, he's great. Like, there's no literally no two ways about it. And, uh, yeah, and again, it, it helps that they have they were doing that stuff and it's it's formed my nostalgia as well. So yeah. that yeah. doesn't, you know, and, it's hard, that, yeah. that's hard to break. That's hard to kind of come out of and look at something like critically yeah. isn't it and in terms of writing simon Furman is the the obvious choice but i'm actually going to go with mike collins oh you've done a me again oh, have i <laughs> he's probably better known as an artist <laughs> but i think some of the issues he wrote were really strong big time rigged for example yeah. yes yes and i like i like ian rimmer as well i'm gonna throw him in there too okay yep good shout but um, I totally agree with you. Um, I would have. I was going. I would, Simon Furman does the same thing that Jeff Seney does on the art side. It's like he creeps up to the top without before you've read anything. So I think yeah, he it's 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 a toss up, a toss up between him and Mike for my top two. And okay. uh, I threw Ian Rimmer in there just because I I really like yeah. the doppelganger um, story. Yeah, he, he was. You mentioned that. Yeah. Sorry, he was in that. 
That's all right. We should probably close out. I know uh, we've kept the listeners a long time, but uh, uh, hopefully they're well entertained. It's only, it's only over two hours. <laughs> we should probably close out by mentioning, you know, what happened when when issue fifty, the last issue of this run, kind of came about because it wasn't the end of the story of Action Force. It actually went over and became a backup uh, in Transformers. But also, there was an Action Force monthly strip. Exactly, which I, I would love to cover with you on a different episode, in in, in not in its in, well, you know, in its entirety, like we've done this one. But um, absolutely, yeah, we kind of the fifty issues came to an end in the UK. We got basically because of the bad sales, and then we got the monthly happened shortly afterwards. And we'll get into the details of all that stuff on the, the, the when we when we cross over again for Talking Force. Yeah, I'm I, I'm more than I'm more than happy to do that. Now, unfortunately, I have not read those issues, but and you know I I claim to be a GI Joe Action Force fan, but I, I'm proving to be sadly lacking in certain areas. However, I am going to hunt down those issues because when action force went into g into transformers then i actually i didn't get transformers weekly at that point because i had now fully transferred over to buying gi joe the u.s version wow because at that point it was only u.s reprints being reprinted in the back of transformers yeah only five or six pages at a time as they had been in action force weekly but i had sort out all of the back issue gi joe comics and i was just that was the only camp i was in then so i never bought or even saw a copy of action force monthly wow and then when i went back to when i started collecting transformers weekly around issue 250 uh i don't know if it was it was probably gi joe being reprinted because for a time, actually, there was like Centurions, was there, or something else? As a Visionaries. Transformers? Wasn't Visionaries. Visionaries, yeah, sorry. Yeah. So, yeah, so Action Force Monthly. Was that published by Marvel UK as a UK-sized comic, or was it US-sized? It was a US-sized. It was kind of like there, that okay. kind of smaller kind of format. Yes. But again, there are some absolutely beautiful stories in there, and the artwork's fantastic in a lot of it. It's some of my favourite stuff to read, because, again, it's like quite compact uh this and again it's it's selling figures <laughs> you know right, you, okay. there's, there's one there's one of my favorite stories which i will obviously go into more detail involves outback and psych out and it's just okay. absolutely brilliant and the dreadnoughts my, my mission then is to track down those issues and uh we will definitely join forces again the mega powers will ride again uh when we cover that on, a, on another special show absolutely thank you so much mate for 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 this collaboration it's been brilliant no problem um I am going to get you out on this. It's an Action Force pop quiz, pop quiz. It's, it's an, an Action Force, Force pop, pop quiz, pop quiz. <laughs> Flint and Lady J and Snake Eyes and Scarlet are on a double date. Now, okay. as, much as, as much as Flint You're wants to say that guy. he doesn't let his personal relationships uh, intrude on his work, um, and he's not seeing either of those ladies, um, uh, I say he is. Yep. And they're on a double date, and they go into the movies. They see that there's three movies being shown. What do they see? Do they see <laughs> The Godfather Part 2? Do they see Four Weddings and a Funeral? Or do they see Fast and Furious Part 7? Wow, that is a good question. I would suggest, if they want to go see something good then it's The Godfather Part 2. But if they want to go and see something... I think they I think they avoid all three of those movies and they watch My Girl instead. Big shout. I like it, though. <laughs> I like it. I have no idea. I have no basis. There's no reasoning behind it. 
I just I think, think I think the ladies uh, pull rank and they, they fancy a bit of a soppy one and they go to four weddings and a funeral. I thought you were going to say they fancy a soppy one and they go see Fast and the, <laughs> Fast and the Furious Seven. <laughs> <laughs> oh i see we'll what you mean know. you mean soppy yeah. in a different way i get it yes yes <laughs> sorry okay cool it's been an absolute pleasure <sighs> we hope everyone out there has enjoyed it and um, everyone should most definitely go and check out the full force podcast and everyone should most definitely check out talking joes i mentioned this to you off air but i've come to your podcast late in the day so going back and catching up on past episodes but i'm really enjoying it so i wouldn't if i were you it's dangerous <laughs> okay okay <laughs> No, I, I'm exactly this in a, in a similar fashion. Um, I was I wasn't like late in the in the game on your one, but I'm having to play some catch up. Definitely, okay. I'm loving it. I love what you guys do. Appreciate that, absolutely. And th- this is one of the things I love doing. Why I love doing the podcast in the first place is because loads of people now are are doing these lots of kind of different fan community kind of things and when you don't have like a brand floating around really at the moment especially with gi joe kind of in a hiatus as such i think the the fans then kind of take things into their own hands in a way and yeah. and what's happened recently is we've seen this influx of incredible content we've get we get i've got to give a shout out to the joe berg guys the guys in, in south africa uh yeah, Joe Berg and kujo obviously on the west coast and steve who i think is in australia right now it's a ridiculous i mean that's worse than what i have to put up with with time zones <laughs> but um what those guys are doing at the moment is incredible and i love their youtube playing with the toy sunbow episodes at the moment blazing sand part four is on its way so i'm really excited to see that but Excellent. no i, I yep. love those guys to death I love what you guys are doing. I love what um, you know the file card podcast are doing. What's on Joe Mind? Yeah, are back in the game now with Mike and Joe and Carson. What Carson does with three D Joes? What I mean, there's too many things yeah. to, to even uh, plastic battles. Paul Pamphlone, big shout outs. But I, I mean, yeah. there's too many to even mention. I'm sorry if I've missed anyone out because it is just brilliant at the moment. For, for if you're a GI Joe fan, there's there's stuff for you to listen to. It's it's yeah, great. I think. I think I echo everything you've said there. And I think we were a bit worried that, you know, we're dipping our toe, not in someone else's pond, but, you know, there's other guys or everyone you've mentioned there who are doing great work. And, Joe on Joe know, as well, sorry. We, yeah, yes, of course. <laughs> and we, we didn't want to like feel like we were infringing on someone else's area of, of expertise or anything. But I think there's probably a place for everyone. So I'm, oh, I'm totally. hoping, uh, you know... I like all the guys you mentioned, and I hope you know we can stand alongside you and all the, all the guys as well. Well, so. more so because we're just collaborating. So yeah, we're, we're the mega powers. You're still Hulk Hogan. I'm still Macho Man. <laughs> Why um, do I have to be Hulk? Can I be the? I'll be tough. the ultimate warrior and tie off. <laughs> okay, I'll okay. tie off all my blood <laughs> blood flow to my muscles with That's it. Do it. sexy do it. tassels instead. Cool. Um, yeah, brilliant. So. Um, <laughs> I've had a good time. You've had a good time. The listeners have had a good time. Go and check out Full Force. Go and check out Talking Joe. Um, and we will see you for the next Talking Force special. Talking Force! <laughs> <laughs>